Welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. I am Nick Baumgartner, of course, along with Colton Pounty. Another Lions off-season episode here. Uh, and, you know, it's not been a super busy couple of weeks here, Colton. It's been, it's now it's grind time for the draft, right? Now we're in the, uh, everybody's studying their day three, <laughs> their day three sleepers, and then their UDFA favorites at this point. So this is uh, typically a time when things are a little quiet, unless the team trades, but... How are we doing, otherwise? Weather is about to finally get less crap out here, too, by the way. Yep, wait on that. I uh, want to make it over to a Tigers game at some point here. Yeah. Uh, we'll start it up. Today, right? Uh, As we sit here on Thursday. Home opener, I yeah. think it's today, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. We'll make our way mm-hmm. over there. Um, yeah, but honestly, we got some downtime. This is probably like the quieter portion of draft yep. season where we're just kind of it's like the calm before the storm it really you know, is this yeah. is before i we spend like i don't know 80 hours at the lions facility during draft weekend yeah so. it's like a calm before a shit show and then like after yeah. that everybody forgets like you have rookie mini camp because they have the, the rookies will be in here uh That's a couple right. weeks after so we'll go out there and watch them run around and then they'll have the regular mini camp in may which is you know it's not like overwhelming but it's stuff to do but you know yeah. there's always stuff to do <laughs> Right with the NFL, but like there are these random pockets where there's not really a whole lot to do. Although there are a few things still bumping around, and uh, we did do the uh, our, one of our favorites every year, the reader mock draft, which we'll talk about some of those in the second half. Some of your ideas, which were pretty good, um, some of them which were insane, uh, <laughs> which is always. Part My favorite of was a 14 player mock, which I'm pretty sure was like 99 percent a joke, but I, yeah. I laughed because there was still some really good picks there. But I'm like. They're not yeah. picking fourteen players. Come it's on, like man. hard to explain sometimes, <laughs> like what they what you guys do, and it's like what well, traded thirteen picks. I think it's like it depends on the ma- uh, the simulator you use too. Some of them are very diligent with Ugh. their trade offers, and some of them are ridiculously irresponsible Ridiculous. with their trade offers. I'm not naming. Any you get names. four future first. I'll name them. PFN needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody did say that the Draft Network's back up and running, huh? I heard this. It is, yeah. You need a subscription for Good. it, but uh, it, looks, okay, it looks pretty well, cool. I want to nice. try it. Go check that out. I haven't checked. Yeah, I'll have to check that out as well before we uh, get moving here. I was missing that one. That was a really good uh, – they're, they're going to start that behind a paywall. Good for them. Uh, okay, yeah. in any event, there are a couple things we want to talk about today before we get to the uh, the mocks. Um, and Colton, you wrote about this, I think, uh, earlier this week. I don't know which day it was. Uh, uh, and this is a conversation that we always talk a little bit about, but we've never really set aside a ton of time. Uh, and that's Jeff Okuda and what the Lions – are and aren't going to do with him, I suppose, um, Mm -hmm. moving forward. And, you know, it really is getting down to it at this point. Um, You know, I I don't know what the – what are the exact dates here on the option? Do you know the what the the time frame is? Yeah, May 1st. May 1st is the deadline, I believe. To pick up – yeah, and I just – I mean, I cannot see that happening, right? I mean, I that would be very surprising at this point. Um, And – which leads to the next, like, what what does this mean for him even in the in the whatever here? Like, what's your read on the whole situation? I know you talked to some of the guys um, in the uh, offseason, or I'm sorry, at the winter meetings, rather, offseason, we're in the offseason, in the winter meetings anyway, mm-hmm. about, about all this. So what's your sort of read on sort of what they think of him, what they're hopeful of, and what the realistic situation is? Because it's a lot of different stuff here going on, I think. Yeah, I mean, you hear them talk about Akuda and – whether it's Aaron Glenn or, or Brad Holmes, they, they kind of – it's clear they like the talent. It's just they haven't gotten enough of them And the guy. I think everybody likes and the, the guy. person, Jeff. Yeah. Right. No, no doubt. And they, right. I think they're, they're always quick to point out what he's been through, which is absolutely part of the story. You know, fans will call it an excuse, but 
Right. You know, this it's a dude good was drafted in 2020 <laughs> during a COVID year where like he didn't have a, a regular offseason. Right. Um, spent his first year with Matt Patricia, where his head coach got fired midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, second year, blows out his his uh, Achilles, you know, week one or two, two, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, missed that entire year of development, which would have been a really important year in year two as a corner. Um, and then this past season, he comes back and it's like maybe he's still shaking off some rust, had a rough training camp, but kind of. You know, found his footing for there a little bit during the season, mm-hmm. like made some strides for sure. Just not enough that you would expect out of a number three overall pick. And the capital you spent to acquire this dude, he was supposed to be the sort of lockdown corner, and he hasn't been that. And right. I think more so it's the way he ended that season where he gets benched against uh, the Panthers. Yes. Um, on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Time there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He gets benched in that game. The following week, you know, he's limited to, I think, 17 defensive snaps, which is a season low. He's playing. He's out there at Gunner, like playing special teams. Yeah, he's on the putt like, team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like, what's what's happening here? I don't. This is your, a number three overall pick as your Gunner now on special teams. Like, right? I don't know. So, and then he obviously missed the uh, finale there with an elbow injury, and it's just like they can't like afford to run it back in 2023 with Akuda as like their CB one, and they have. Oh no! They, they went no. out. <laughs> they went out and they made those moves. They got Cam Sutton in here who can play on the outside. They got Emmanuel Mosley who's. You know, injured himself, but he's expected to be ready. I think by training camp, and mm-hmm. when he's back in the mix. Like you have to think he's he's going to compete for a starting job and kind of push Akuda there. And then you got Jerry Jacobs, who, by the way, was probably CB one by the end of the year. He was CB one, yeah. So, like, where does that leave Akuda? It's it's a tough question, especially at the number that he's going to have to get paid at if they pick up that option, which is I believe eleven point five, maybe eleven point six million, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of money for a potential backup corner. Um, and I know some guys, some of those guys that they signed, like CJ Garner Johnson at nickel and uh, Mosley, they're on one year deals, yeah. but right. at That's the same not time, they can go out and draft a guy in yeah. nickel too, like whether <laughs> right. it's in the first round or the middle round. So it's like you're bringing in all this competition when you have a guy that you would have to make a decision on whether you want to pay him $11.5 million or not. And so right now, as things currently stand, I would lean no, like a, it seems no, like a heavy no, no yeah. for me. Um, and even talking to Brad Holmes, maybe maybe you can shed some light on this because I don't know what those conversations were with Hawkinson uh, when his option, the decision time was there for that, but they picked it up right. and they, they might've been talking about it for weeks before they even had to do it. Um, yeah. We, right. I, I think, I case. think that you would have a decent indication, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if the date is May 1st and here we are less than, you know, a month away from that, I mean, that sounds right. That's right after the draft. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like you would know, and I think that Jeff would probably have been told that, if not by now, he would have had a pretty good indication in the last month or, or so, and probably, frankly, would have known um, based on what they did in free agency and based on how they spent and, you know, how that's all structured and how that's all laid out. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, and it's also this, the realistic part of the situation. And this is where it's like a really hard time with Jeff Okuda because I feel like people don't. And I, and the excuse is the excuse. And it's real. It's not an excuse. It's real life. It's, it's like real. He, yeah. He... Uh, the 2020 class, everybody that came into the 2020 came out in the 2020 class gets the excuse of having to deal with that. And some people didn't; it didn't bother them at all. Uh, you know, like Jonah Jackson was a great; he just was great <clears throat> from the minute he showed up, yeah. and nothing was no problems. Okay, but some guys, it was just it sucked. The whole thing sucked, and it was just not even just football, right? So that part of it. Then he gets hurt, plus Patricia. Then he starts feeling sorry for himself. And then I think the Lions got in here and did a lot of the, you know, 
massaging of that and trying to build the confidence up, but he has not stopped. And then the injury happened. And I just don't know if he stopped feeling sorry for himself. I feel like there's a lot of, that's what I feel like when I watch him. Like what, why aren't you like at the end of the year, he was playing on the gunner team and all that. Great. That's great. Why aren't you pitching in at other spots? Why did we only see him play safety the one time or the box thing, the one time against Dallas and then never again. Is that Jeff yeah. or is that them? I don't, uh, what's going on there? Like that to me is like, I, I really don't think that's them. I really got to tell you, I don't think they'd be opposed to like letting him do more things that would, that he'd be good at because they do it with everybody. They do it with so many guys, you know, guys that, uh, that just like are ready to go. Like a uh, skipper, I'll play any position. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm not saying that Jeff isn't like that, but I mean, I feel like he's got this thing in his head where he's like, I was the number three overall pick. I am a CB one. I went to Ohio State. I was a five-star recruit. God damn it. Like, I am not going to get this taken away from me. And it's like, it's been taken away, man. Like, it's been taken away. You have to adjust now. Real life has to set in. And I just, sometimes even when I listen, and I was reading your story, and I was reading some of the quotes, and I know they got to they gotta be whatever. But, and that's probably as close as you're ever going to get to AG calling somebody out or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> you got to be a little bit more forceful here. I hope they are behind the scenes and be like, it's literally now or never for you as an NFL player. Because if this year sucks and he just sucks, because they're not picking up that option. But if this year sucks and he's just nothing, no one's signing him. What do you, you know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. where's he going? And so, yeah, yeah I, I'm a little worried, but also very curious. I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I'm sure those conversations are happening behind the scenes. And maybe some of those guys are trying to be a little t- diplomatic in the public with us. But yeah, well, yeah, you, know, you understand like, that. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kud is just like a tough player to read because it really is. Like um, you see him move, and you're like, "All right, yeah, like this looks like a corner." Like in training camp, he was one of the first players <laughs> I focused on. He looks amazing last year. every practice time, right? Doesn't yeah. he? Like, you know, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> like first day of training camp, I'm out there watching those guys, trying to get a read on. The, like again, first year on the beat, like I'm trying to get a read mm-hmm. on some of these guys. Akuda was one of the players I was focusing on, and I'm watching him just like, man, this dude's got the length. He's fast enough. Like he's he got the pedigree. Great. Like yeah. why? Like what's what am I missing here? What's what's the issue? And then the more you talk to guys, and especially again catching up with AG and hearing how he thinks you need to be wired to play this position, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure Akuda fits that. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe he can't play for a coach like Glenn if that's the case, and maybe he can find success somewhere else. But if that's the case, you're not picking up that option. You got to move forward with other players, and got to find players that kind of fit what you want to do. Which has been this whole discussion this off season with with Akuda, especially. So. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Like, a part of me doesn't even know if, like, if they get to training camp and he's, like, the fourth quarterback, right? Like, maybe it's Mosley's back. Maybe Sutton's out there. Um, Jerry Jacobs is still doing his thing and, you know, competing his ass off like we know he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And Akuda's just kind of, like, the odd man out. I just kind of wonder, do you try to move him? Like, like the Saints kind of moved Gardner Johnson. Exactly. Do you, try, do you try to get, like, you have a to experiment with can, something. Or? Yeah, I or don't do know if he starts playing well here, the right? Light, or do you, yeah. Or I guess yeah. do you, do you kind of hope that the light comes on, you keep him around, maybe you can get, you know, one last push out of him and and, and try to create something long-term. I think I'm not hope sure. the light comes on, right? I, <laughs> I would try to keep him because, again, he's a talented <laughs> player. Um, I just wonder if it gets to that point where it's uh, like, oh, he is obviously yeah, right, like right, not right. going to start for us, but he can be useful to another team and we can get some assets for it. Like, maybe – Again, that probably wouldn't be my first preference because he he can still be a talented player. Maybe if you move him to safety yeah. or 
have them compete at nickel or something. Right. You know, I don't know. Like the spots aren't there like they were last year, but at the same time, like you got to try something. So yeah, I think that's really a really good question. Player. That's a really good question because I don't think it's like TJ. I think if Jeff turned it on this year and like became a guy, they would be like, he's in. We're not trading him. I think so. Like he's he's yeah. part of the team now. Because like if it ever clicked and it ever like you know what I mean? Because that's a really good point. Because TJ was never in. <laughs> I don't think they were. Ever, I don't think Campbell was ever like this is my guy. I don't think he and I don't <laughs> think he disliked him. I you know it's one of those things. But I just. I think if Jeff showed up and was like, let's go and turn the corner, it was like, I understand, you know, all the things I needed to, to fix and I need to learn how to lose. I need to learn how to have failure sometimes and overcome it and not be so perfect on everything. And they turns the corner and just becomes a useful roving defensive back. Like, I think they'd be like, yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure out a way to keep you because like, that's, yeah. we, we wrote it out with you. Like, you know, like. If they wanted to ditch him, I think they might have already done it. You know, honestly, quite the worst thing for them would be to cut bait with Akuda and like trade him for like a six round pick, and then he all of a sudden turns into this like <laughs> really good. To, that's what they would have done back TV. in the day, frankly. Probably, and then yeah. he would have used it against them, and he would have turned that into like the, the new motivation yeah. to turn in uh, comeback player of the year, Jeff Okuda. <laughs> the hell it is, but it's like it takes. It reminds me of I went back to um, and I always think back on this. Like uh, I remember at the combine when the Lions drafted him and he got mad at that person for asking him, whoever it was uh, about his physical corner play, like, you know, somebody had asked him a question like, you know, you're, you're physical. Do you think that that's going to be okay in the NFL? And he was like, if you watch my tape, like he was like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I don't, I mm-hmm. don't commit, you know, and he was right. He didn't have any flags in college. Uh, but that was also sort of like a valid criticism. And I think he knew it. And I think when I remember talking to people that, he uh, was around at Ohio State and even before Ohio State. They were like, this guy is such a finely tuned athlete. Like, and tr- he trains like nobody's business. He's ready to go all the time. Like, he's oh, yeah. ready to go, right? But, like, he does not know how – I don't know if he knows how to handle something that's not going to go the way it's supposed to go on a football field. Because, like, I feel like – I don't want to get too deep on it, but, like, He's gone Mm -hmm. through a lot in his personal life, and I think football is the thing where he's like, I've always been able to control it, and like, you know, not anymore. (laughs) Like, not in the NFL, man. He went to Ohio State when they were a factory, and all he had to do was play cover three and just do the same thing for Jeff Halfley over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And like, now we got to adjust, and it's like, it's, he's got to get over it, or not. And like, this is the time, right now, where we find out. It's really fascinating, but it's also like... He's a thoughtful guy, you know? Like, I think that all that all that plays into the whole thing here. Yep, and that's... I think that's always going to be the discussion with the CUDA. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I don't know if he and Glenn are a good fit based on, like, what Glenn yeah, likes to either. do. And, and that could be the end of, you know, if yeah, it ends the end of that, yeah. that way, that, that's, that's probably the reason why. But, man, like, if you can just pull that talent, get like, get him back on the right track. Like, I know. There is still a really useful player. Like he might not be the number three overall. He's not going to be a sauce gardener type of corner. But sure, no. Right. Like if you can find that in him, and you can unlock that, which a good coach should be able to do, right? Yes, um, yes. You know, play with some confidence. Can we see got a, a guy with some confidence? You know, like my God, yeah. We have not seen Jeff Okuda play, uh, you know, co- a confident snap of football since uh, 2019 when he was yeah. at Ohio State. I mean, we just <laughs> haven't. I mean, a couple, and yeah. you know, you would. And to your point. And it's a great one because every training camp he looks great. Before he's hurt, 
you know, before he gets tweaked something. And that was the other thing I told you when we saw him last spring. I'm like, he spent all offseason load, you know, loading up and he was he was cut and it was like almost too much. Look good. Almost yeah. too good. It was like he, he <laughs> overdid it. I was just like, he's gonna get hurt again. Like something's gonna happen. And I think he ended up tweaking something. And it's like he just has no down throttle and he doesn't know how to pace himself and you can see him struggling. It's hard to watch Okuda. I have a hard time watching him because I can see him I can see the churning, you know what I mean? And you know he wants to be good. He's not he is not a guy who doesn't care. He is not a no. guy who doesn't care. It's the opposite. It's like Jared Davis. Very much like Jared Davis, where it's just like you really just hope that the mental part of it can click for him and he can just go play football because we've never seen that mm -hmm. from Jeff Okuda for not one second of his entire NFL career uh, in a yeah. real game, right? Every snap he takes is like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> and it's like, I'd like, to, I'd like to see the guy that we saw at Ohio State because I know we're not all idiots. He was a good football player in college. Right? You know, <laughs> like, okay, like that's what I would like to watch once before it's all said and done here. Yeah, go ahead. And like I've never once questioned his desire to win, his desire to be great, no his work ethic. If anything, like much. some of that yeah. works against him. <laughs> and that's like the conversation we're having, where if sometimes it feels like we might be too harsh on him or like criticizing him too much, but it's like we're not doing it because of like the way he, you know, approaches the game and his will to to be great, his want to be great. Right. It's it's just the fact that sometimes that stuff might get in his own head to where he like yeah. is lingering on a single play or a mess like a mistake in a game. Anything. When you play that yeah. position, you oh. gotta keep it moving. You have to keep going. You cannot linger. You cannot dwell on a mistake. Otherwise, you're gonna live inside your own head and it's gonna be a detriment to your own mm -hmm. success. And yeah. that to me is probably the biggest thing with Akuda that he still has been able to figure out. And maybe that comes with playing time, which he did not really have much, you know, his first couple of years. He got yep. some this past year. So maybe he needed that that third year which is really probably more like year two to kind of springboard him in year four now, which is probably more like year three. So, you know, again, corners move at different paces. They you know, really it's easy to compare point. him with like Sertain and, and JC Horn and Sauce Gardner and some of these other top 10 corners drafted after him. I get it's easy to be like, well, why isn't he that good? Corners move at their own pace. So, you know, I'm not they saying really he's going to get to that level at any point, but I don't think it's, it might be too early to give up on Akuda. Like I would give him one more year. Yeah, and again, that's why we keep calling this such such an important year. And if you can't figure it out this year, then you have to move on, and that's okay because you gave it everything you could, and you <laughs> gave him every opportunity to be great. And if it didn't work out, I think you can live with that. But in the meantime, I still think it's worth kind of you know betting on him yeah. and, and trying to give him another shot here because you know I think he he's he's earned that much with the way that he approaches the game and the work he puts in. Yeah, he's uh, he's got to get out of the quicksand. The the that's what I the football quicksand where you're just like you're just fighting and it's making it worse. And just go play because, you know, and the other thing, I mean, what I really think here is he needs to get, and I think this is exactly what they've done here. He needs to get back to competing for a job. He needs to get back to going to have to prove himself. Like when Jeff Okuda was at his best as a football player, it was when he was trying to make himself, make a name for himself as a recruit in high school. And it was when he was trying to make a name for himself at Ohio State in a sea of talented football players because they had guys all over the place. And they're all stars in the NFL now. He played with the Boses and all these dudes, right? So, I mean, like, that's what we need to get back to here for him. He needs to get back to fighting and scrapping and having to prove that he's not this guy that, like, well, we were number... No, forget the number three pick stuff. Just go fight for a job, see what happens, and maybe you can rise above it. Because the rest of these guys have been doing that. That's how Jacobs has passed him. He's not a better athlete. 
Jerry Jacobs is no. not a better athlete than Jeff Okuda by any stretch. Jerry would probably tell you that, though, and that is the difference. He probably will. He will. <laughs> That's the difference <laughs> yeah. between the two. So it'll be a very interesting uh, year, a very interesting spring, too, for Jeff um, in the whole shot here when they get into minicamp even, too, right? Like the whole thing, just to see where everybody's at and, and how it's mm-hmm. all going. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else here before we hit the break, Colton? Before we uh, get on the other side, we'll do some mock draft stuff. I'm all good. All right, sounds good. Well, hang on with us. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of one of these years. We did the reader mock draft mailbag this week, which is always a fun exercise to see what Lions fans are thinking in some years it's all over the place, Colton. Some years it's like, what in the hell is going on out there? Uh, yeah. you know, I was looking back not. at last year. <laughs> yeah. It was like Kyle Hamilton at number two and Malik yeah, Lewis at number two. Like and... two years ago, man, when it was like, what are they going to do? Two... Yeah, what are they yeah. going to do? When it was Sewell, right? Because it was like when it was brand new and it was the very first, the very beginning. And it was yeah. like they traded Stafford. So literally all um, positions were on the table. It was like they mm-hmm. could do a quarterback. They could do anything. I mean, it was just like. That was yeah. that year was like oh my that's probably God. fun one yeah because <laughs> you had you had to deal with the um Chris and I got a lot of mileage out of talking about the trade scenarios that year because it was like could they tr- the trade back it was the same thing that the Bears went through this year where it was like man they really could use like two more picks if they could get two more picks you know in the top one hundred or something like that they could really shave some time off this and it was like yeah. oh, maybe they should do it and then they. We, we worked up all these scenarios that would have made sense, and if this, then that, and then all of it came true. And then there they were on that day, and then they didn't trade, and then they took Sewell. And it was great, <laughs> so like everything was fine. But in any event, this year was actually a little more focused, don't you think? Like we got, it was a little more, so. less of a, of a wide range. It's easier to narrow down the picks at six, I'll say that now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we picked ten. Uh, that we uh, that Colton picked ten that he thought were the most, and a lot of, most of these are good. I think all of these actually are are solid. Some better than others. Uh, I think we both have our favorites. We may actually agree on a favorite here. We'll start with Jason's though. You want to just run through these here as we go? Yeah. Let's all right. We'll start with Jason's, and he went with a uh, he went with the number six uh, Jalen Carter pick. So that's where he started, and which is you know the conversation we've had so many times. Uh, about will or won't they do it. And again, I think I wrote in the thing, like, I, I'm curious to get your sort of take on this as where we sit now and, you know, as we've heard more and more. I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know that it's likely because I don't know what they've learned. But I wouldn't yep. rule it out. And I, if what they've learned, you know, tells them something that's too much, then I think I even wrote in there, I could definitely even see it getting to a point where they even, if they feel like, Let's go to the veterans in the locker room and see what they think. How much can we handle, right? I could have, I could see that even being a discussion. What do you think about Carter and the whole part there? No, I agree. I think it all depends on their conversations with him. Apparently, they're going to meet with him at some point here before the draft, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so if in that meeting they determine, hey, this is just a kid that made a mistake, he messed up, like it was a terrible, tragic yeah. mistake that ended in, you know, 
Right. Horrible. And not, yep. not saying it's his fault entirely for that, but uh, well, sure. Know, no, but yeah, right. It is what it is. That's part of the conversation when you're talking about his off season and also the pro day stuff. So mm-hmm. it has not been, you know, a great off season for him. I don't think you have to weigh all that. And if they determine in those conversations that look, our locker room is strong enough to kind of absorb this personality, you know, probably a little immature right now, but maybe we can get him going in the right direction. And mm-hmm. we got a lot of, veterans with high character that can kind of bring them along and we we trust that our environment will be able to get the most out of him so right. i think that's probably the conversation that's happening behind the scenes and if they determine that that is the case and he's there at six it's a hell of a talent to pass up and he's 100%. a guy that they could really use you're talking about arguably the top player at a need yeah right at a position of need that they absolutely need so if you're <clears throat> passing up that guy that is I think we can all assume that's a major red flag. If yeah, yeah. And they, they say, nope, yes. we don't want them. If Detroit and Seattle like, say no, oh, buddy. Yeah, yes. like, <laughs> then you're talking about like, point. okay, yeah, I worry about this guy's success in the league and how long he's even going to be here. Right. So stuff like that, I, I, I kind of am thinking about it at this point in time. But I think it's a if they if they determine all that stuff is good and he's in the clear, I think you take him and yeah. probably don't, I agree. don't think twice about it. And and you nailed it a second ago, actually, because a lot of people think about this wrong. It's your can your what is your locker room capable of in terms of can you can you create an environment where you're getting the most out of him as a prospect? Not can your locker room put up with his bullshit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not. And a lot of people think that's what it is. A lot of people think can your locker room put up with his personality or him being an asshole? And that's not what that is. That's not what it is at all. It's like I mean, a lot of guys are assholes and a lot of guys are whatever. It's can you? Because they're going to have to. Because it's such a great point. It was a bad off season for him in every possible conceivable way. Uh, he's out of shape, for God's sake. Like, I mean, what are you getting when you draft him? What are you going to have to build back up? Because I think you're going to have to do that too, um, mm-hmm. to a degree, right? Like, and is it worth building back up? I mean, that's the whole thing that you're weighing. But I really like how you put that because it's like that's the whole thing you're trying to get here. Is like, when that's why the Lions are open minded and that's why they've you know built the culture they've built. And that's, again, why we say if the Lions and Seahawks, so I think are similar to the Lions, if the Lions and Seahawks pass on Jalen Carter and they're like two of the most open-minded franchises that you will find, yeah. uh, he might be sitting there for a while. I think that's probably that's a fair, fair, fair bet, right? Or he'll, he'll fall to 10 and then the Eagles will take him and the Eagles will turn more stacked than they already hey, are. And then that's the a great fit for him. They're the team that could do yep. it. Yep. They absolutely are. <laughs> All right, Jason also so. took Bijan. We know how much we love him here on this show uh, at 18. That'll be a popular one, I think, as we go forward. He got Darnell Washington at 48, which mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that. I don't think that's impossible. I, I you know, no. I, I think I'd, I have a hard time with the tight ends, um, where they'll all go. Uh, I just did a three-round mock that'll run Friday, and, like, I had Musgrave, where I had Luke Musgrave go. I was like, well, this is just way too late for him. I think I had him, like, the late. Somewhere in the 30. But I'm like, what are you going to do? It is what it is. Sometimes a team doesn't need a tight end. And that's part of how this is going to go. So at 48, that could be a nice little tight end spot. Don't you think? Like, you could really good value for him. Yeah. Yeah. Really good value. I've seen Laporta kind of in that range. Um, Washington, I think that's maybe a little low, but that's just my opinion. I'm a little higher on him. Yeah. That's Um, a little low. But but if you can get him at 48, that's a. That would be amazing. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. You take him, and then you don't think twice about it. That's a great yeah. spot for him. So I just, I like I, that a lot. I, whenever I say that's a little low, and I don't think the guy is going to be there, they're always there. So. They're always there. Yeah. That's kind of where <laughs> I'm at now. Case in point, right? <laughs> I stopped fighting. Yeah. But I'm the guy that traded up for him in the back of the back yeah, of the first round. Right. So whatever. 
It's like, uh, uh, what was the one guy I was convinced the one year? Uh, J.O.K., the guy that plays for the Browns now, Owoso Koromura, um, Jeremiah, uh, who's really good now. He's turned into a really good edge player. I was yeah. convinced they were going to take him, and they didn't. And I was just like, oh, they'll trade up to get him. No, no, they're not going to trade up to get him. Oh, he's still there at wherever. Oh, they, and they still didn't take him. And that's what I <laughs> like moving on. Uh, <laughs> and then Jason makes a trade, which I'm not sure exactly what he did. He went from 55 to 56, I think, possibly. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Traded down. But in any event, I mean, whatever. Yeah, he got some good value for us there. But he basically makes the same pick, I think, that I've made a few times for the Lions, which is Keanu Benton um, at 55 from Wisconsin. I think we both like Keanu Benton, right? You're you're a fan of his. Yeah. You see that Jeremiah put him at 47 in his new top 50. Did he? Yep. I like that. I think Dane's got him somewhere around 50s as well, and I think that that's fair. Mm -hmm. I think he's a – when we saw him – I mean, obviously he was very good at the Big Ten, um, and that's a league where to play his position you have to be good against the run, and you if you're not good against the run inside, you will be exposed every single time. And when we see guys like him go to the Senior Bowl – Nobody got him at the Senior Bowl. Nobody. And so I think that he – a lot of people have, uh, you know, gotten on the, the Adetamia Adebaware bandwagon, which is fair enough because he's been – you know, he's freaky. But I think Benton has been undervalued by yes. a lot of people in this whole thing. Because he's not as flashy. Probably not. He's still yeah. – he's more productive, I think. Yeah, and but he'd be really good. <clears throat> and you wouldn't have to worry about Levi as much anymore. I, no. And I think that that's – I like that pick. He also takes uh, – Rasheed Rice from SMU is a nice, uh, versatile receiver. Will Mallory, the tight end from Miami, who a lot of people like Will Mallory. And uh, I don't hate Will Mallory. I could see that fit. I He's a fighter. He likes to scrap. But also, you know, he's a talented guy. And then uh, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, who a lot of folks like him down there at the bottom. What do you think mm-hmm. of Jason's? Uh, I like this draft. And this is like he made one trade and actually ended up only getting a future pick. But this is like rep- a representative haul. That's like... Yeah, it's like five starters right there. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not bad. Yeah, right. I guess my my only questions with this draft, you draft two defensive tackles and two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't see the lines doing that. No, especially they're the different tight ends. Tight ends but yeah, I are. understand what he's doing. Yeah, right. But they also have James Mitchell kind of waiting around. So that's like right. Just, don't forget I mean, about they, James Mitchell. Everybody. Three tight ends and two classes is. That's a great lot. point. So Do not forget about that. James Mitchell. I think he's going to be a good football player sooner than later, yeah. if the health and everything. You find a perfect match with him, and uh-huh. you're set at tight end for the that. next several years. So, um, at wide receiver, how tall is Rice? Is a shorter guy, right? Uh, I think he is smaller guy. I don't think he's that short, but I don't think he's that okay. tall. He's like a Z. Um, okay. He could he could be. It depends on what you I'll want. Probably to do try with to him. get an X. Um, yeah. yeah, he's not the bit. He's not huge. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I, I don't know Tillman's range, but he's a player I like as sort of outside receiver. Um, I, I have a hard time with him too, and I think you could probably get him at eighty-one. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen I, him going a little higher. Yeah, I drafted. I mocked him higher the last time I did it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I should do that." And then when I went back and looked at it, I was like, "Well, no, that just kind of makes sense, and that's where the board is going to yeah. fall." You know, because a lot of those really good receivers are going to go in the forties, fifties, and sixties. I think that's what we'll see. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Solid haul, though. Yeah, not bad. All right, we'll go to Matt. Matt Maddock. Maddock. Whatever is it. He He starts. He takes just goes and takes Richardson at six, so we're not even messing around. Richardson (laughs) fell, and he was like, screw this. I'm taking him, and we're moving on. I don't want to hear it from any of you. I mean, yeah. So we got two uh, of those, actually, didn't we? Yes. Well, one guy traded up, I think, for Richardson. 
which is um, what you're going to have to do. But you're not going to be able to get him at six. Uh, I'm not totally convinced that he's not like he won't be sitting there. Like we'll see. I think if I'm a betting man, I would say he's gone by four. I think the Colts are going to take him at four. I don't know. I've seen some things that they might like Levis more, which is wild no. to me. But bullshit. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't they, think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Who said? Who reported that? Uh, I think it was some local guys. But was it Kiefer? No. Okay. It was Kiefer. Then. then maybe I should believe it. If it's not Kiefer. <laughs> we're we're gonna pause. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm sure they do like Levis. I'm sure Ballard is posturing the best he can because he has to, you know. And I, mm-hmm. and again, they might. But like, I just think that when they left the combine, they liked Stroud. Everybody knew that. And that's mm-hmm. why Carolina made the trade that they made to go get him because they knew the Colts were going to do it. And I don't know. I think everybody understands that Houston cannot afford. They're not in a position to take him. I they're just not. I may, I don't think they are. I just don't. I think they're they're better taking Bryce Young and moving forward with him and just he's ready to go. Let him be your guy and go. If that's what yeah. you're going to do. If not, you draft Will Anderson, right? Yeah. Like, but I don't think Richardson's the answer there. Hurdles, that's not happening. Somebody could trade up for him, I guess. Yeah. So, but like, do you think he's going to get the six? Like, no. I mean, does, does he even fall? No? Does he even fall? Like, if the Seahawks are at five and he's sitting there, they might take him because they might take him. I mean, they're going. I, you know, they've done a lot of homework on these quarterbacks, and they understand that they're not going to be drafting this high probably for a while because of the roster they've kind of rebuilt since Russ left. And Gino's older than Goff. Gino's thirty three, I think, and much older than Goff. His deal is very easy to get out of mm-hmm. um, after like a year or two. So that might be all Richardson needs to develop. I agree. Um, so at that point, I, you know, they they're taking all these selfies like Pete Carroll and John Schneider with these quarterbacks when they come in. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they were the team that. No way! I wouldn't play. either. No way! That would be a total Seattle move. Just but give Gino this deal like that you this. can screw him on, and then <laughs> yes. and then draft his replacement. And like, but like, apparently he's okay with it. I, I talked to uh, yeah, MSD, okay, well, like our, our Seahawks writer uh, Mike Duger. And I was talking yeah. to him, and he's just like, Gino's cool. Gino's like not afraid of competition, whatever. Like he almost, I he would almost hope like, not at this point. Yeah, he's no, relishing now. He's done it. <laughs> I think yeah, he'd actually so. be cool with it because I think he would be at thirty three. He would understand the talent that this kid has. He better. He's making like fifty-two million. And he's year. making a lot of money, and it's cool either way. And I think that he would probably be okay with like, hey, let me help this guy because he's going to need somebody to do that for him, no matter where he goes. That's why I like what the Colts have done. I feel like the Colts have basically spent their offseason setting up the table for him. And you could argue it could be Levis too, but whoever they've got the bridge guy that's there, to, uh, Minshew, who could yeah. be the guy who could be the mentor and just like be the veteran who gets the crap beat out of him while they. Fix yeah. everything, and he'll be glad to do it. And like he'll help you, he'll help uh, the you know whether it be Levis, and I think it'll be Richardson. He'll help a young guy come along, and when it's time for the young guy to take over, Minshew bows his cap and goes off and does it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's his life. That's what the life of a of a backup bridge guy. But yeah. I feel like that's what they're set to do. I just don't think he's going to fall. I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think the he's going to fall. The way you get there is if the Panthers take Stroud, Texans take Bryce. Cardinals stay put. That's the key. The Cardinals stay put and take Will. Yep. Um, Which they might do. Colts like Levis more than Richardson. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Seahawks go defense, maybe like Tyree or Jalen Carter. Yep. And then at six, you got Anthony Richardson's in there. So that's possible. So sure. That's I think possible. that's that's yeah. that's probably the path. I don't know how likely it is. I'd probably lean not very likely, but that yeah. that's the scenario where I could see it happening. And frankly, I think if the Colts like Levis more, they could trade down and get him because I think probably. they'd be alone. <laughs> I think that's why that's why I question that because I don't know how. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but like I just I don't know that there's that many people that are like, oh my god, look at Will Levis all of a sudden. What like we've yeah. seen Will Levis all of a sudden. We saw him all year all of a sudden. When you start to hear that now, on a quarterback, like what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I mean, it could be, but it's also kind of like it's it could also be posturing. It more often than not, that's what it is. But I guess we'll see. You never know with this stuff, uh, Steve. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read the rest of his draft. He actually, uh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So after Richardson, he takes Cansey, who I think mm. people are torn on. They what, really are. What do you think about, because uh, because of how he plays, right? I mean, his style. It's just the yeah, the thrashing and the you know that's just how he is at Pitt. That's how he was anyway. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth. Um, I think if you're just asking him to just like get after the quarterback and create havoc in the middle mm-hmm. he can do that he can do that like he's not gonna be aaron donald so anyone who keeps suggesting right. that or tying him to just because they went to pit and they're small dudes like cut that shit out <laughs> yeah like, that's please. just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> you're just like the expectations are way too high for that if that's what you're expecting yeah um but in terms of what the lines need you know they've got isaiah bugs as this sort of depth piece now this veteran piece that can you know play nose and help you with the run uh, they got Lee McNeil, who's versatile enough to play nose or three tech. Whatever you need out of him, he can do. So if you get Cansey in here, just be like, get after the quarterback. You can swap those guys in and out. Right. Maybe Levi is healthy enough to give you something. Like, right. Like, I think that's – if Levi can play, not saying he's going to be like the player they expect him to be, but if he can give you a little bit off the bench or whatever, that's a solid top four. I think you can – a versatile one that you can kind of mix and match depending on the situation. So – Again, it depends on what your expectations for Cansey. If you're expecting to be Aaron Donald 2.0, stop it. Well, right. That's not going to be, um, be a thing. But I'm telling you, man, it's hard to find anything, any any draft expert or whatever that will talk about Cansey without mentioning Aaron Donald <laughs> in like a written. I know. It's like immediate. It. So it's just like. It's either like they think they make the comparison unfairly or they immediately say that it's not fair. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's what like, well, what are you going to do? You know, like. We have to talk yeah. about this apparently with this guy. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you prefer, but like I, if you would prefer a guy like Benton in the second round, I'm not mad at that either. Exactly. So it depends on what you're looking for. If you want, because Benton's not as disruptive as Cansey is. No. Um, so if you can live with more of his all around game versus Cansey's potential ability to impact the pass, uh, then go with Benton. Like that's probably your guy in the second round. So I get it. Like there, you got options, and uh, Cansey's one of them. Yeah, and I think that Cansey's at traits are so good. Um, I mean, obviously the size is a problem, but like the traits and the explosion and the speed and all of that, and the effort, um, and that the fact that I think he only played three years. He's a junior. He's not that old, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't really care what he showed in terms of like discipline or like how he did this or how he did that or how he played that block or how he played. I don't care how he did it at Pitt because it's going to be different in the NFL. They're going to make him into something different. If they want him to be a gap sealer who just, Hey man, 
Go run that guard over. I don't want you to, you know, I don't need this. I don't need you to go. I need you to do this instead. He'll do it. He'll do that. He'll do it. You know, like, and he'll be good at it. Like, and I think that that's what people need to remember with defensive linemen. Um, and that was why they drafted Levi. And when you went back and you watched Levi's tape, and I like the Levi pick. I mean, the injury is what it is. Um, obviously, I didn't know that he had a pre existing back injury that they knew details about. I don't know if I would have liked it as much <laughs> if I knew yeah. all that. But if you watch Levi play back then, it was like he just got off the ball and didn't know where the hell he was going. He just ran into people and just ran people over. And it was like he was hard to get, he was hard to get off his feet. He was hard to knock over. He just knocked shit over. Like that's. Kind of all AG wants from a defensive tackle. Just get in there and knock shit over. We have Aleem yeah. McNeil who runs around here like a, like a damn uh, gymnast, for crying out loud. <laughs> and, toes, you know, yeah. they're trying to get faster on defense. They're trying to, they're going to have CJ around the box. Like, just go knock somebody's ass over. <laughs> like, I think that I'm saying, Elijah like, can do that, folks. Okay. Let's their defensive line, the, the the line they're building is so versatile. Aiden can play inside out. Like, right. Pascal can play inside <laughs> out. Kaminsky play can play inside out. Like Aleem can do whatever you need from him. Buzz can yep. stop the run. Like you got all these pieces now. If you add a guy like Cansey in the middle, like I think it'd be perfect. You, you can yeah. swap it out based on personnel, based on situation. Like you have all these options. So he might not be the complete player, but right. in terms he'd of what you need fit, from though, him, I think yeah, yeah, he could be a good fit. So anyway, yeah, I don't hate that keep going. I understand why people yeah. get the concern, but I, you know, whatever. Uh, the next one, yeah. uh, he takes Steve Avila, uh, forty-eight, which I love Steve Avila. Um, player they like a lot too. Yeah, I Top think they're having him on a, on a visit, right? So I'm interested there. Yep. And he has played tackle before, although I think he's probably only a guard in the NFL. Uh, I don't know, so. man. He's really good. And I think 48 could even be a little low for Steve Favila. I think he could go higher than that. Uh, Garrett yeah. Williams at 55. Uh, and then also he goes back to back. Uh, Trave- uh, Treveus Hodges Tomlinson, the the uh, smaller corner there from TCU at 81. What do you think? I don't know about if I see that happening, but those are two. A double dip at corner in the middle, middle rounds there? I'll tell you, Hodges Tomlinson know. would fit here, though. I think he'd be the type of guy that Glenn would be like, let's get, you know, I'd make that work. Probably. He's a he's tenacious. I could, I could see one or the other. I, I just yeah. don't see both. Like the yeah, right about that. I, I, that's a good corner. point. I could see one or the other, probably not both there. Uh, he gets Davis Allen, the Clemson tight end, late at 183. Cam Jones. I don't love Cam Jones at 152. Some people love him, though. Uh, and I know why. A lot of people drafted him. Uh huh. A lot of people like Cam Jones because I think he's they see him in the Big Ten. Like, and he was really good for Indiana. For uh, I think there are other guys that are, I would take ahead of him, like Dorian Williams, maybe. But 152 for Cam Jones is fine. I would say that. Yeah. I'd have no problem with mm-hmm. that at all. That'd be a good pick. Uh, and then Davis Allen and then Keaton Mitchell. He gets the running back in East Carolina, Keaton Mitchell. So, hey, he's paying attention. I think the Lions met with him. So. Yeah, it's always they, fun to see these, these drafts because it's like, how many of these got how many draft of these mock drafts are trying to impress us <laughs> or the Lions? Drafting like Bijan at eighteen, <laughs> yeah. and how many are like factoring in like top thirty visits <laughs> trying to get the, and like trying to get Brad Holmes' attention? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a, so here's a good one. There's kind of a split between those. I know. Yeah, it's like all over the place on how it lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's a fun one from Steve. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he starts with Gonzalez, which we uh, let's talk about him for a second before we get into the rest. He takes yep. Gonzalez at six. Which is certainly a possibility, and certainly going to. Pro- he is not going before six. I don't think that that's going to happen. He will be there on the board when they're picking at six. Um, based on all the conversations we just had about Jeff Okuda in the first half of the show, and I don't like to do this because it makes people think that I think Gonzalez is soft, because and I don't think he's soft, but he is a less physical corner than a Devin Witherspoon and a Joey Porter. Do you? Do we feel like? 
the Lions would like him. He's still physical, though. You know, and I, I don't know. And do we feel, yeah. feel like they would do that at six based on all the things they just did? It depends what you're looking for, right? Like, if you want the athletic, long, like, built-in-a-lap cornerback, it's probably Christian Gonzalez. And yeah. that feels, again, we've talked about this a lot, but that feels like more of a Brad Holmes type pick. Like, get the, get the guy that has a high subside long-term, yeah. um, whether AG is here or not. Like, exactly. we're, we're going to have this, like, specimen of a cornerback that's going to hopefully a, a star. develop yeah, into a right. real good player for us, a star player for us. Versus, and not to say that Witherspoon is not that, but versus be. a guy like Witherspoon who immediately fits. Like, you see the yeah. fit right away. Like, the physicality. Uh, I saw someone tweet, like, a screenshot of him just, like, standing over a player. And there's, like, there, there's a lot of this in Devin Witherspoon's, like, tape. Like, after a big hit, he's just, like, That's all he does. Dude, like, watching like, this. <laughs> That's our whole defense. So hilarious. Illinois is it amazing. Is, yeah. Their defense was amazing for the last two years. It's ridiculous. Stacked. All so these good. guys. Sydney Brown, too. Yeah, like, all these guys. Quan Martin. Kirby a couple the, years yeah. ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're loaded. I love all those um, guys. It's hard not to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. So that to me seems, and and the fact that he ran a, was it a four four two forty at his yep. uh, little workout showcase, mm-hmm. uh, while still you know nursing the hamstring, which is that's pretty impressive. I don't think he did the other agility. Uh, yeah, tests he's for that he's world class level. He's yeah, he's legit. So I think you do get some of that with with Witherspoon. Um, like it's not like he's a bad athlete. Like he's obviously proven himself there too. So mm-hmm. if you combine that with the mentality, I. You're probably leaning Witherspoon, but again, Gonzalez, I think Dane said that he was his second best corner that he's evaluated the past two years. Dane like loves that. him. So and he, only behind and, Sauce. And I think that, right, and I think that there are NFL evaluators who think the same and they've been very quiet on him <laughs> because it's been two years, to, uh, more than that. Um, when he was at, I think he was at Colorado. Um, yep, Mel, Mel Tucker recruited him. Right, and he played there the one year. And transferred. He didn't sit out, right? He just transferred and went to Oregon ahead of 2022, right? He only played the one season of Oregon. I or am I getting this two wrong? Years. Two years. Two, anyway, two years at Colorado, one year at Oregon. While he was at Colorado, like that's when Dane was like hearing from NFL people, like this guy is legit. Yep. And yep. so they might, because like you just said, if there's going to be a guy that's going to be a star, a star. Like that has the best chance to be like what we think of when we think of a star corner. That's him in this class. And so, like yeah. Sauce Gardner is a star corner, right? He's going to get paid a fortune, and the Jets are going to be able to change the way they build their defense because he's on their team, right? Yep. They're not. They're not going to have to worry about as much depth in certain spots. They're going to be able to play more types of coverages. They're going to be able to take more chances. They're going to be able to have to spend more money on offense. All this shit, right? Like that's what a guy like that. If there's any corner. In this group that has a chance to be that, it's him. So if you want to take that, and last year they tried to go get him, right? Like last year they wanted him. <laughs> like if, if they thought about it anyway, and then the price was too high or whatever it was. So I guess that's what I should say. They thought about it, and then it, the price ended up being too high. But like that's something I think they would consider. Uh, so yeah. as much as we convince ourselves that that's probably not going to happen, and it, I don't know. I still think corner at six, is, if it's Gonzalez, or possibly Witherspoon, but probably more likely Gonzalez. I wouldn't rule it out, you know, it's because like we said, he's so he's very, very gifted. Yeah. And I feel like it's easy to see Witherspoon's like highlights and tape and all that stuff. But like Gonzalez is a really good player. And I think very good people player. aren't really like emphasizing no. that part enough. <laughs> he's just not as it's not as like he doesn't stand over a guy and collect bodies. Yeah. 
He's not a pro yeah. wrestler out there, you know, exactly. or whatever. <laughs> he doesn't have like the exactly. pizzazz, I suppose, but he kind of does. Like if you watch him play, because he like he flies it's over stuff that the you're place. not like the average mind is not going <laughs> right. to see though. Like yeah. it's stuff that like the yeah. draft evaluators are going to be like, point. "Whoa, his hips are so fluid." Like nerd, the average fan watching that is yeah. not watching, not seeing that. Us ner- us nerds in the nerdery uh, are always like we think he has a lot of pizzazz, <laughs> but I guess uh, the regular people do not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. moving on with Steve's. He's got Bijan at 18, Cody Ma at uh, 48. Uh, I like him as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't know what, where he's going to slot, and he's another one of these guys who can play multiple spots. I think he's a possible all five, like Avila, same thing. Like, he could play all five, which they would probably love that. Uh, he takes Benton at 55. He takes Zach Harrison at 81, who i fascinated to see where this guy's going to go and, like, what's going to happen with him. And he's another one where I don't, I don't know if he'd be a fit here because, like, it did not work at Ohio State, man, and it should have worked at Ohio State. Wasn't he like a top five? They were banging on his head to get anything out. He was a ridiculous high school football player. I mean, Micah yeah. Parsons level. Micah Parsons yeah. level. When he and Micah Parsons came out, either in the same class or one year apart, and I remember when Penn State got Micah Parsons and Ohio State got Harrison, I was like, my God. <laughs> I was like, they just got the two most like talented Dudes, we have ever seen up here in the Big Ten, like defensively. That's what I remember thinking at the time. Uh, because Parsons and Harrison were these two guys that they were being recruited as like open-ended athletes. Zach Harrison could have been a college receiver. He could have been a college tight end, and he would have been good. Like that's how athletic this guy is, 6'6", 275. Uh, I think when he's at his the weight he wants to be, he is a he is a 4'4", mid 4'4", 40 guy, like a track star. It's a freak. Yeah. Arms are like 37 inches. There is not a single thing about him that is not like I don't. Eighty-one is probably too low. I refuse to <laughs> believe that he makes it to the third round. On uh, I don't know, but if you could get him, some I'd teams be fascinated. Bet on that. Yeah. yeah, you have to think some teams going to bet on his traits and try to yeah. get the most out of him. It's just man, the production doesn't match the athleticism, and that's no, it does the thing not. that you have to ask when you talk and about the lines and year, how they view it. No, and even last year when it came on, and it did, he had a better year last year. Like and Dane has written about that a lot because so many people watch him and he's got he's got that Rashawn Gary, uh, you know, I, yeah, magnifying glass on him too. He had a little bit of that where every single thing he did was like, oh well, geez, I mean, uh, you know, he played that block over there on. It's like, well, good God, you don't say that about any other guy, any other guy, and then it gets <laughs> into his head, and so he had yeah. some of that too. But you know, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, part of it might be like. The defensive ends at Ohio State that came before him, and, like yeah, Chase right. Young and, and the Bosa's, yeah. and it's like, and okay, he wasn't that, him. but right, yeah, and he also played so. with J- yeah, J- uh I can't remember forty four, <laughs> JT <laughs> Tuli Tuli Alamoa. Oh, yeah. I can't pronounce his yeah. last name. Uh, Stanford receiver Michael Wilson, who I like a lot at one fifty two for Steve. He's got Coastal Carolina's Gerard Clark, a defensive tackle, and then the great Jake Moody at one ninety four. Jake got Moody, <laughs> money Moody, yeah. The Sebastian Janikowski of this year's draft. Uh, I do. I think he'll probably get picked. I wouldn't be he shocked uh, at all. He will. Yeah. Uh, he was. My only concern him. is like, I think the the research I did was I want to say thirteen of the last seventeen kickers that were drafted were no longer with the original team after two years or within yeah, two know. years. I know. So it's, it's like a tough one, man. When you draft, I them. love Moody, but like it's just not a wise investment, especially <laughs> if you can get like look at what they did with their six round picks. You know, a year know. ago with Malcolm and and James James Houston, um, 
So if you're passing on a player like that, know. a kicker that might not be gone or that might be gone within two years, that's that's tough to swallow. I don't know. It is. But like but, there's also the Jason Hansen argument where it's like you, right. you lock it up for twenty years. If he hits, yeah, like I know. And Jake Justin Moody Tuck. is well scouted. Tuck. I mean, he will be well he's been oh, a yeah, kicker no there for like four and a half years or some shit. Thirty seven year veteran kicker at Michigan coming up coming up there, Jake yeah. Moody. So yeah, I think you probably have to take him if you want him. Um, but you know, like you said, yeah, that's a lot. to Question give is up. how high because some right. he seems like I'm curious maybe to see what the grade <laughs> the beast has <laughs> like, on him, what Dane puts on him, because they'll give him a yeah. grade and say you know what what round or or just you know UDFA, um, and we'll see yeah. we'll see. Like I think the guy that that big punter last year was a super high grade on, until he had legal issues that knocked him down. So I guess we'll see what goes on there. Yeah. All right, Coach Landry. Starts off with Pete Skronsky, which, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, but also, like, I mean, do I think it's impossible? It, no, I don't think it's impossible. We've talked about it's that. It's a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. He's good enough to where I think you could do it, and he's he's perfect for what we've talked about. He's He can play guard right now, no problem, and then when uh, Decker retires, he can play right or left tackle, and just like Sewell. It'd be ridiculous. Not, it'd not be ridiculous. only that, but, like, they don't have – like a guard on the team, like for next year. Their like offensive line, if they drafted Peter Skoronsky, <laughs> would be like, um, I they would, yeah, it would be like five all pro or, players. Like <laughs> Jonah's going to command probably like fifteen million yeah. a year, like based on some Jonah's of the a pro bowler. Guards like, are getting not all pro, pro bowler. Yeah, he's a and it's like, is a right. If you decide you don't want to pay Jonah, which you know that's going to be a conversation if he wants like fifteen million a year at exactly. a position like guard. Then you could take Skaronsky. And again, they, they've talked to a lot of these guards, which makes me think they they see that as like a position of need long term. They do, I think, yeah. So maybe that kind of signal. I don't know. Like, I wonder what well, they're thinking. Because they, they brought in Torrance. They brought yeah. in Avila. They brought in uh, Zavala. Zavala, too. All yeah. these guard prospects that – interior prospects that like maybe they're building for a future without Jonah. Maybe they're trying to factor – you know, Vitae situation, he might not be with them next year, and Glasgow might not be there with them next next year. So maybe you plug him in there, but I don't know. I think they're trying to figure out yeah. that position right now. So it wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past them. I think they are trying to find a value guard. Like I think they're trying to find a guy later, you know, like that makes sense. Yeah. To see how far Torrance falls. You know, like because he's a great one, for example, because he could fall. Uh, there's no guarantee he goes in the first round. He's only a guard. He cannot play anything else. He's not a tackle, right? So right, right. I don't think he should fall out of the first round, but he could. So, like, you know, all of a sudden, and that's how Holmes sees these boards. All of a sudden, if you're sitting there at 48 and Torrance is there, well, shit. Okay, yeah. let's do that. You know, like, we've now all of a sudden, like we just said, we have five pro bowlers on our offensive line. Exactly. Right? You're the Eagles now. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so no one is ever, we're, we're never going to trail in a game unless we fumble all the time, right? <laughs> But in any event, yeah. like that's that's definitely something to look at. I just don't know, like you're saying, Colton, the money is definitely the thing to think about there. Right. Quickly going forward, as I think we're yeah. running out of our Zoom time here. Uh, he's got Cansey, Jack Campbell, who I think everybody likes. I don't know if they're going to spend a pick that high because they just re-signed Anzalone. But yeah. I like him a lot. Everybody likes him a lot. There's a couple good linebackers this year. Emmanuel Forbes at 55, which he's another one that I don't know where the hell he's going to go. I don't, 55 is probably too low, but I think he's a second round guy. I don't know if he'll be in the first. Yeah. Um, he's got a chain, the Texas A&M running back. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That's doable. What about Gibbs? I don't, has anybody taken Gibbs? Not, uh, 
Not really. I would take him in the second round if he's there and you pass on Bijan or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think I might too. He's really freaking good. And I mean, every time I go through these full, I want to read one last one before we get out of here, bro. Every time I go through these, uh, he's the one that stands out every time where you're just like, I have to draft him now because like on a mock, like you're going the three rounds. Cause it's like, yeah. he is no worse than like the 25th best player in this draft. No worse. And he's right. probably like in the top 20. And so, like, it's like, uh, we're, you know, if you're in the 50s, for God's sake, and he's still sitting there in the 40s, that's a pretty good pick. Okay, so I think the yep. one that we both like the best, right? Uh, Eric? Eric's, Eric's draft? Eric Siegel? Uh, yes. Favorite? I like that one. I think so. Okay. And Chris Burke also joined his in, so check out Chris's, too. Go uh, Subscribe to The Athletic for Chris's. <laughs> we'll make you pay for that one. <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, Eric's quickly was uh, Jalen Carter, and then he goes Brian mm-hmm. Branch at 18, which... I don't hate that at all if Brian Branch no. is sitting there at 18 because I think you make it work. He's the type of guy that, just like CJ, movable piece. You do a He's lot of stuff. He's your replacement for CJ. Yes, and he is a star. He's a superstar. Like I think that that's what he's going to be. So I like that. Laporta, we've talked about him. I like him. A guy I like a lot, Julius Brent, yep. the Kansas State corner at 55. People don't know this. He played at Iowa before yep. he went to Kansas State. So you not only have a guy who has crazy traits, he played in in a good defensive system last year, but he also got to play, I think, like three years under Phil Parker, who is like the best defensive backs coach in the country. It's not even really a debate. Um, so I like him a lot uh, yeah. if they could land him. I know we talked about him a little bit as well. He's mm-hmm. got Demario and Overshone. Yeah, good player. Yeah, long. Diaby, uh, Zavala, who we Cut. mentioned. I think uh, Shep went to see Overshown at, at Texas, Texas Pro Day. Uh, so so that, that's another player that they like. So. Yeah, and it, they could get him because 81 is – it might even be a little high for him. Like he – that you could probably even get him at, in the hundreds if you wanted to make a move or something. You know what I mean? If he was – he could be sitting there for a second. Yeah. Um, Zavala, who, who we mentioned. And I like him a lot. Zavala is really good. He, it's Chandler Zavala might be really the good. guy. The, 183 is too low. Uh, he will go higher than that. But he yeah. might be the guy in this um, thing we've been talking about. Like, who's the lineman going to be? That that could mm-hmm. be it because he's a freaky guy. He should have been invited to the combine. He was a total snub. I think he's a late foot, like a late addition to football. Like, didn't play until later in his life type thing. Um, yeah, freaky athlete though. He is. I don't know if you saw his pro day numbers, but they were pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah, and he also Aiden O'Connell. Uh, what do you think about the quarterback situation here? Yeah, a lot of people like O'Connell. Uh, what do you call him, Goff Jr.? Goff Jr., yeah. That's yeah. why Chris doesn't like him. Yeah, right. yeah I <laughs> Chris is like, I need a mobile guy. It's like, all right. right. Which, fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I like this draft from top to bottom, really. I would say, I don't know. If you can get Zavala in the sixth, that's obviously a steal. Yeah, man. Be there. Be but good. the only my only concern, I'd probably pass on Diaby and um, maybe go wide receiver in the fifth. Uh, maybe get the uh, West Virginia kid. Okay, yeah. Um, oh yeah, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Bryce Bryce mm-hmm. Ford Wheaton. I like Wheaton, him yeah. a lot too. Yeah. Uh, if you get him in here, this athletic freak, you're, that's a really athletic. And he's an X to too. Bottom. He's a big dude. He's an X mm-hmm. that fills that need a little bit. So yeah, man, you get a back a quarterback, guard, a receiver, a linebacker, a corner, a tight end, like a nickel, and a the best player in the draft in Jalen Carter. Like that's <laughs> really pretty good. Draft. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good draft. Yeah, Eric's got yeah. like possibly like three future Pro Bowlers here in his draft. I think <laughs> it's possible. We'll see though how it all shakes out. We're running out of time. We're about to get kicked off of this thing. So, in any event, I think we're going to cut it on there. Go check out the rest of it on uh, 
on The Athletic, one of our uh, most fun and engaged stories of the year. But in any event, Colton, you got anything else this week for right out here? I'm all good. Sounds good. Go Tigers, I guess. Go Tigers. Uh, that'll work. For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.